the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Friday, July 14th, New York, New York. And boy, New York is all over the media. <clears throat> national media, probably it'll be international media as well. Um, actually, not too, too far from where I am presently on Long Island. A, a beach that I've never heard of, uh, Gilgo Beach, uh, which, which I've heard of only in the context of this case. And I will quote Rodney Harrison, the Suffolk County Police Commissioner. The Gilgo Beach Task Force did place one individual under arrest, and he's currently in custody. Um, I am joined uh, on this show with Matt Sambolin, with Joseph Sibilia, and uh, across from me is the great... Frank from Staten Island. We are going to be touching upon uh, this this uh, topic for the first half of the show, at least, because I guess I am a lawyer. That's what they say. Although there are people out there who think lawyers like shouldn't even be on the United States Supreme Court. They should have just civilians on the Supreme Court of the United States. We could talk about that a little later during the show because do have some issues with that. But there are times when us, you know, lowly lawyers do um, have an inside track on figuring the, these kinds of cases out. The guy's name here is Rex Howerman, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm so glad he's not Italian. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That's true. I was like, don't be Italian. Please don't be Italian. It's a tragic case, obviously, and um, but it's one that I think some people should be relieved has been solved and other family members of the deceased should feel some sense of closure. Um, I We have our very own Andy Gladding, who is uh, the chief of engineering at AM970, The Answer. He's actually out and about over there. Andy, you with me? This is an AM970, The Answer. Breaking news alert. Hello, Andy. It's Arthur. I'm here, Arthur. How are you doing today? So you're right there at that press conference? I'm sure. I'm out here in Yapank at the Suffolk County Police Headquarters, where they've just issued a press conference on the status of the uh, of the investigation that is happening right now. And, man, it is packed in there. There's a lot going on. So, Andy, for those people who are just getting in their car, heading home or heading out, uh, or they just, you know, finish food shopping and are about to throw some chicken into the frying pan, uh, give us a little background, Andy. You've been following this closely. You're there right now. Give us some color. I sure have. So th- this whole unfolded early this morning in Massapequa Park. There was a... Uh, a raid on a home on First Avenue in Massapequa early this morning. 
where neighbors saw and witnessed police and members of law enforcement from Suffolk County and Essex County and the FBI, along with New York State troopers, entering a residence on First Avenue in Massapequa Park. Uh, at that time, items were removed from the home of Rex Howerman. Items included computers, uh, some personal belongings, and a very large, deep freezer. So everybody's kind of scratching their heads, wondering what has been going on in that house. Now, an update from the press conference, it turns out the suspect had been under investigation for quite some time, uh, had been driving a 2010 Chevy Avalanche at the time of the murders uh, back in 2010. And then most recently, the, the police department was able to locate that vehicle, locate its whereabouts during the, the time of the murders, connect that vehicle to Mr. Harriman, and then... On top of that, found DNA evidence uh, amongst his personal belongings linking him to a 23andMe uh, family DNA uh, test that had been submitted. So his wife, I guess, had, had submitted a 23andMe sample of the suspect to 23andMe, and that linked the DNA with uh, some of the victims in the case and DNA that was found at the site. So pretty interesting and uh, shows the persistence of law enforcement through this whole investigation. <laughs> Yeah, I read something about they pulled a pizza crust out of his garbage very recently, and that's what they used for the DNA to match match up a hair that was a male hair that was recovered uh, from one of the murder scenes. So he was charged here with the murder of three people, and there's one other that they think they're going to be able to link him to as well. Correct? That that's what they're hoping. You know this 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 is a very complex case because it involves multiple victims found in a in a similar area, similar location. But one of the things that tie, really is compelling that ties the victim to the case, there were multiple burner phones. The suspect had seven to eight burner phones that while his location and his personal phone under his account, as you know, when you have a cell phone, you have to have it under your name. That phone was not in the vicinity of the, the suspect or the murders at the time, uh, you know, the location of the murders. The burner phones that they were able to link to him were and pinged you know, almost directly in the same location as where some of the victims had been. Uh, when they interacted with the suspects. So a lot of information here, and it's all coming out very fast. Yeah, I watched the district attorney, uh, who I know, he's a former Brooklyn prosecutor, um, Ray Tierney, and um, he was very uh, detail-oriented in his press conference, I would say more so than typical uh, district attorney's offices. Usually don't kind of put their whole case out on display, but I guess they feel so confident here. Uh, I also think this is one of the biggest cases the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office has ever had. So I think they were basking in the limelight um, a little bit. I know, um, Andy Gladding, you, you sent one of your reporters out into the field. Um, uh, let's play that real quick, Matt. Here in Massapequa, police are standing guard outside the home of suspected serial killer. Neighbors are scattered on lawns and throughout the street. I'm here on Michigan Avenue, just a few blocks away, and have been speaking to neighbors for the last hour. Massapequa resident Peter Rafisi lives up the block from the suspect's home. Certainly delighted that they found this crack in the case, and uh, hopefully this leads to, uh, you know, getting someone dangerous off the streets. Neighbors are hopeful that this arrest can help answer some questions or help solve the case about the four women killed years ago in Gilgo Beach, Long Island. I'm Alexa Cola, SNR News. All right. Well, there you go. You're, you're getting live reports here right from the scene. Andy, uh, you said it's a packed uh, area over there. Just just describe the insanity of uh, the press conference earlier today. 
Oh, it's absolutely, it's absolutely chaotic, Arthur. And I'm sure you're no stranger to events like this. Pretty much every media organization from the tri-state area is here right now. Uh, it took me quite some time to actually get into the police headquarters building. Multiple security checkpoints. I mean, they are locked down real tight and very controlling of the information that's coming out. Uh, this is obviously a very well-coordinated response. If you look around the room, you have members of, of all different flavors of law enforcement, local, state, FBI. It's, it's quite unbelievable, really, uh, to see how the response to this and the reaction, honestly, from most of the law enforcement here out in Suffolk County is almost a sense of pride that they were able to get this done, wrap this up, and, and find this guy. You know, I was also out with the WRHU uh, Radio Hopkins University students today in the field uh, out in Massapequa, and you couldn't believe the the size of the crowds there. I mean, t again, same thing. Lots of uh, different representatives of multiple law enforcement agencies uh, knocking on doors, talking to neighbors, a lot of news media interviewing uh, folks. At one point, I counted 12 different news organizations, camera people. So this is a pretty big news story, especially for a sleepy little suburban com sub uh, community like Massapequa Park, where people, I think, fled New York City to get away from, quote unquote, all the crime in the five boroughs. And now they're saying, well, this is happening right in our backyard, something even worse. And this is I, I definitely felt that sense of pride of what you just spoke. Um, and, and it's well deserved. I, 13 years this has been going on. And uh, I think also what you just said about, you know, Massapequa Park. I have friends who live there. It's a, a, a community. It's a waterfront community. And murders like this and and suspects of murders like this uh you just don't see it happening in massapequa, massapequa park or a type of community like that it's almost something like right out of a, a horror flick it, it really is and it it really would make you think twice about leaving your door unlocked you know let your kids play outside it's a real shock to this community it's very close-knit and neighbors think that they know each other that makes really makes you ask the question is one guy said do i really know who's living next door to me who who are my neighbors and the arraignment was held today. Um, Andy, did you pick up on when uh, his next court appearance is? We have not been able to find that out yet, but I have a source that should be getting that information to us later. Okay. All right, Andy, Will, you're talking to someone or you're listening to someone who is right there, right in the thick of it all, our very own Andy Gladding, who he's the one who makes sure that the lights go on here at AM 970, The Answer, as well as the microphones working and everything else working. So uh, he's also uh, a mentor to the students at Hofstra University, which is, you know, the, this is all Long Island. This is Nassau, Suffolk County. There were Nassau County officials there today uh, being thanked, as well as all the people from Suffolk County. Uh, the, they thanked the sheriff's office and obviously the police department there, the FBI. Uh, again, you know, sense of closure for this deceased family. Um, and, uh, you know, people could sleep a little easier tonight who were wondering, you know, why are all these women dying and, and who's killing them? Um, we're going to come back real um, real quick with um, Frank McKay. He's someone who's been covering this from the beginning, and he'll just give us a little more depth uh, into the details here. I mean, we are uh, following this because everyone's following this, but then we're going to do a little uh, Italian-American pride at the end of the show, and then uh, we're going to have a little spe special guest appearance by my friend Carmine, who's here visiting from uh, Staten Island. So uh, listen to a little bit of uh, In Between Days by The Cure. We'll be right back.
Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand. And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. Bayridge Honda is kicking off the 4th of July by saving you $1,500. That's how much you can get when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with them. They've been your family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years. Your Honda dealer serving the five boroughs. The Sabah family makes you feel like family when you walk into their showroom. Browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award winning dealership. Right now, get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with them. Even if you don't buy a car from them, they want to buy your car. So visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. Available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for detail. End 7-30-23. It took a panicked run on a major bank to lead to the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. And Moody's just downgraded the entire U.S. banking system from stable to negative. Just a reminder why many people diversify their portfolios with something tangible. Something that doesn't need bailing out. Something that can't vanish into thin air. Learn the truth in Swiss America's shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. This all-out war against cash is a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-630-1495. That's 800-630-1495. This all-out war on cash, digital forms of currency, too, is growing daily. So please get and read The Secret War on Cash, free to Salem listeners by calling or texting now at 800-630-1495. Make sure you mention Salem when you call or text 800-630-1495. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay, and we don't need a power of attorney, or we think we don't need a health care proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or health care proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. 
Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. It is Friday night here on the Idala Power Hour. This is Arthur Idala. I don't know if I'm fighting a little bit of a summer cold or got a post-nasal drip or something, but it's not pleasant, especially to you guys listen to me on the radio. But let's continue a little bit with this uh, big arrest today in Suffolk County. And uh, uh, through uh, my friend Frank from Staten Island, I have on the line nationally syndicated talk show host and a real uh, Long Island uh, fixture, the one and the only Frank McKay, who's been on this case from the get-go and has done several specials on it and really knows it inside and out. Thanks for finding the time on this uh, very important day, Frank McKay. How are you, sir? Arthur, thrilled to be here. Thank you very much. So tell me about you know your involvement from this and early on and, and, and what coverage you've thrown, what light you've thrown on this, and, and how does it feel today after this mystery is officially solved? Well, this is, uh, this is something that we've been wondering about uh, for, for years. I'm someone who's uh, been elected to a political office uh, for many years, and, uh, and the folks that were in charge of this, uh, there was a Chief Jimmy Burke, uh, James Burke, and, and uh, the current county executive, who's the outgoing county executive, uh, a fellow named Steve Ballone out here in Suffolk, uh, the two of them uh, acted very strangely to uh, to the murders. They uh, their first order of business uh, once Jimmy Burke was was put in uh, in power was to get the FBI out of the investigation, and it was uh, it was kind of a shocking thing that we heard about, and it was confirmed uh, through Erin Moriarty's show, Forty Eight Hours, uh, as we as we talked about it, and there, there didn't seem to be any not only urgency not to solve this. But uh, there, there seemed to be no interest in solving this. And, and it went on from uh, the time of, uh, of January 12th, I'm sorry, J- January 2012, to, uh, to basically when Ray Tierney, the new DA, got elected in 2021. Uh, once Tierney got in, uh, I think we all felt confident that he was going to do a, a serious job of investigating. And he did. And it's Rex Hewerman who was arrested today. Uh, kind of came out of left field, but uh, we're finding out now that this individual was uh, became a person of interest about a month and a half after uh, Ray Tierney took office. And uh, we're absolutely thrilled that we're getting some kind of satisfaction for the victims' uh, families. Uh, to me, it's just it's been shocking that uh, that it's taken this long to go, and. Uh, and you know, here we go. Finally, it's uh, it's it's in motion. And uh, we're talking to uh, <clears throat> talking to Frank McKay. He's a nationally syndicated radio show host and uh, someone who's been involved in Long Island politics for many years and has been following this case for many years. You know, look, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm talking about I'm about to talk about Steve Malone. Frank, you know, you, you made some uh, veiled maybe accusations about the county uh, executive and the chief of police dragging their feet. Uh, do you feel comfortable expounding on that? Yeah, well, the, the one thing is we've always said when we started calling them out that, uh, you, you know, we're not saying they're 
involved in any of the killings. You know, we weren't, a, you know, we're not going off the deep end and saying these guys killed people or their friends killed people. Therefore, they're hiding it. But what we did, what we, uh, what we did, uh, you know, outright say, and I've been screaming it from the rafters, is that these guys are, are covering this up. These guys are ignoring the investigation. And as it turns out, it's, it's true. They, they have been doing that. The, the reason they've been doing that is because, uh, you know, Chief Burke, who somebody I knew, and I was friendly with all of these, uh, all of these folks at one point, uh, Chief Jimmy Burke, uh, not that we were accusing him of being a, a, a killer, but this is a, a man who ended up doing four and a half years for, um, uh, in federal prison for, for beating up uh, a, a drug addict that he um, that broke into his car while he was the chief of police. And the, uh, the cover-up of that uh, situation ended up putting D.A. Tom Spoda, his mentor, in jail and uh, in prison for five years, and Chris McFaultland, the right-hand uh, man of uh, of Tom Spoda. So the three of those those men did at least four, well, were, were sentenced to four and a half years. Spoda and McFaultland are currently uh, in the middle of those uh, those prison sentences. And, and it came from, from cover-ups. The only one out of the batch that haven't, uh, that hasn't been to jail is Ballone, and I'm not saying he's going to, but he clearly did not want this uh, this done. Our belief at this point is because um, uh, because there's there's all types of strange uh, activities going on on and around Gilgo Beach and Oak Beach. That's uh, kind of our own personal Epstein Island, and uh, and they just didn't want the uh, want the feds in and around there seeing everything that's going on. Well, back up now. Now you said something about. <laughs> Epstein Island, Gilgo Beach. I need you to expound on that, Frank. Well, Epstein Island, you know, I think people know what that is, right? Generally, uh, you know, know that that was a, uh, you know, kind of a sex playground for uh, for the rich and famous. Uh, Gilgo and Oak Beach uh, isn't aren't necessarily that, but um, there it, there's long been um, uh, stories told about uh, sex workers uh, being hired and uh, and, and coming to the parties of uh, prominent politicians and uh, and law enforcement types there, and uh, that was uh, immediately thought to be why uh, uh, the the idea of bringing in the feds or getting rid of the feds from uh, the investigation was uh, uh, first came about. But it's it, there's no doubt, there's no question at all that um, that uh, Jimmy Burke, uh, the handpicked police chief of Steve Ballone. Uh, uh, clearly, ask the FBI to get out. It's uh, it's it's a fact. But does he, Frank? I mean, I'm, I'm the I'm the lawyer here. I should know this, but I don't think he's got the power to tell the FBI to get out. The FBI actually has the power to tell him to get out. Like we're the FBI, we're taking over this investigation. I don't think the Suffolk County Police has have, has the has the authority to tell the FBI. No, no, no. Uh, there's there's multiple murders here. We don't want you involved. Yeah, well, listen, I, I'm i with you uh, 100%, but Geraldine Hart, uh, Geraldine Hart's the former lead agent of the FBI. She confirmed it three times uh, in three different questions with Erin Moriarty on 48 Hours. In fact, the first conversation I ever had with Erin, she's a two-time uh, Emmy Award winner, uh, she called me to thank me for the tip that I gave her producer. Uh, and when we um, uh, when she called, and I, she had said that, you know, thanks for the tip about the Suffolk County police getting the FBI out of the investigation. And I said, that's old news. 
And she said, no, it's not. It's, it's old rumor. Uh, we confirmed it. And she said, I asked Geraldine Hart, um, who later became the commissioner of, uh, of the police uh, commissioner here in Suffolk County. And she said, yes. In fact, Jimmy Burke uh, asked the FBI to leave the investigation. Look, as you know, as a lawyer, there's no such thing as, as federal murder. Uh, it's, uh, it, you know, this is a, a situation where I guess the, the feds decided, okay, well, the local police want to handle this themselves. We'll let them handle it themselves. Uh, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I, I've always saw the hierarchy being the, you know, the feds, uh, FBI, and the, and the U.S. Attorney's Office. But in this particular case, they, they yielded to the, the wishes of the local, uh, the local authorities. And that's a better question for Geraldine Hart or Erin uh, Moriarty, who had the direct conversation with her. So we're talking to Frank McKay, he's a nationally uh, syndicated broadcaster who's been following this case. Um, how does it feel for you uh, today, Frank, personally? I mean, you've been following this. It's been a, a big question mark in uh, in this sleepy uh, community in, in Nassau County and uh, Suffolk County. Uh, you know, the, the homicide, 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 serial killer. Today, it, you know, seems like the beginning of justice being done. How does it feel to Frank McKay, who's been on top of this story from the, almost from the beginning? Well, here's, here's my thought, and I've said this a million times. If this was uh, Marsha Jan or Cindy that was, uh, that was slaughtered or choked at death on Gilgo Beach or, or Oak Beach, uh, people would have been out there, the peasants with pitchforks would have been out there uh, roasting the politicians to get this done, and it never would have gone this uh, this long. It would have never gone this length of time. It's the fact that they're sex workers. And, I, you know, look, as a parent of four, unfortunately we don't have substance abuse and, uh, in, in our four grown children. We've, we've dodged that bullet. But uh, as you know, and many people, there are, there are wonderful families who, who deal with uh, substance abuse problems and, and uh, there but for the grace of God go go I or, or my child, and the fact that they're sex workers and that these women were prostitutes, um, I, it, you know, it, it, quite frankly, that's why they were able to be ignored. The fact that Ray Tierney uh, came in and got this solved as we predicted he would uh, is, is absolutely thrilling to us. Tierney is somebody that was a, a U.S. Uh, attorney for years, and he, he prosecuted many, uh, you know, drug cases and, and gang cases and murders. Uh, everywhere you where you look, he's had a, an incredible record. Uh, he wasn't my high school buddy. I never met him until he started running for office. In fact, I backed Tim Sinney politically. We, you know, I was the state chairman of the Independence Party. Uh, we backed Tim Sinney for district attorney, and we thought he would wear a white hat and come in and, and solve this. Uh, he did nothing, and I when I say he did nothing, he did absolutely, absolutely, absolutely nothing, and. Uh, we had enough, and, and I spoke out, and I started doing my second radio series on it, and, and I started yelling, cover up, cover up, cover up, and ignoring it. And the one thing, and I've been, I've been uh, questioning it since 2013, and, and again, these aren't enemies of mine. These aren't people that I had, uh, I, I had a bone to pick. These were friends of mine. These were allies of mine. Uh, but when they, when they swept this under the rug, I started asking very uncomfortable questions. And uh, I, I, I still to this day can't believe that uh, that they were ready to let this go. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, when when I met Tierney, I knew this guy wasn't connected politically. He wasn't going to be motivated by outside forces to ignore 
I, I, it's a serial killer. It's a serial killing, right? I mean, it's uh, in order to ignore a serial killing, uh, it, it reaches the height of corruption. And, uh, and it's just amazing to me. And, and that's what they did. And I'm not saying they, they had anything to do with the killing. I'm not saying they know this guy. Who knows if there's any connection? I don't think so. I think they wanted the FBI and the U.S. attorney out of there because there's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of dirty things going on um, within uh, the, the police circles, law enforcement circles around Jimmy Burke. Um, obviously, very corrupt guy ended up going to a federal prison, and Steve Ballone and, and his close friends in that area. All right, Frank, I'm up against the break. I think you know what that's all about, and considering this is Frank McKay, a nationally syndicated uh, radio show host who's done several stories on or uh, episodes on this particular homicide, multiple homicides. So, Frank, I want to thank you so much for finding the time to jump on with us here on a uh, Friday night. Also, thank you very much for having me. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. Finish your high school diploma for you and your family. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free adult education centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Want to listen to AM 970 The Answer on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts all in one place. Just search AM 970 The Answer in the iPhone App Store or the Google Play Store for the Android. Again, search AM 970 The Answer and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can take us wherever you go. This is Dennis Prager. Visit the Holy Land with me, Mike Gallagher, and Inspiration Cruises and Tours. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel Tour. Call 855-565-5519 or visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and graduation season is here, and many students finish college without a clear path towards a career. Do you know a graduate in this position? Well, tell them about Plaza College's accelerated program in court reporting, which allows them to speed their way into the legal field and make great money without going to law school. This is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I speak to the district attorney's offices often, and they are in dire need of court reporters, courts schools, television stations, they're all seeking these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions, classes, live shows, and sporting events. With the national shortage, the National Court Reporters Association partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z, and it's being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. 
Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammons at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We return now with lifetime New Yorker and legal analyst, attorney Arthur Idala and the Arthur Idala Power Hour. I know I'd go from rags to riches. If you now, would this is only a little Tony Bennett, is that correct? That is correct. I remember from my childhood is uh, Carmine Ragusa singing this song on uh, Laverne and Shirley (laughs) back in the 70s, right after uh, Happy Days were there. Um, So why are we playing uh, the the great Italian-American tune? Well, we have on the line with us Paul Moses, who is the author of a new book, although he's got several, the Italian Squad, the true story of the immigrant cops who fought the rise of the mafia. It tells the story of an NYPD unit of Italian immigrant detectives who fought increasingly powerful gangsters during the first two decades of the 20th century and who also battled the deeply ingrained prejudice against their own beloved immigrant community. Paul Moses, welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. How are you, sir? Very well, Arthur. Thanks very much. You've uh, you've got a couple other books under your belt. One called "The Saint and the Sultan: The Crusades, Islam, and Francis of Assisi's Mission of Peace," which won the Catholic Press Association's award for the year's best history book. And another book you wrote in 2015, "An Unlikely Union: The Love Hate Story of New York's Irish and Italians." Uh, but this particular book we're talking about now. Uh, you know, I have a little personal, a bigger than a little personal interest, a personal interest in it, the Italian squad, the true story of the immigrant cops who fought the rise of the mafia. Um, when I was in the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office, my immediate supervisor, my bureau chief, was a man by the name of Joe Petrosino. 
And you can sure. tell me how Joe Petrosino fits and his uncle, or I think it maybe it's his great uncle, fits into uh, your book. Yeah, well, the the first Joseph Petrosino, he founded the Italian squad uh, in 1904. And uh, he, he's probably the most famous uh, uh, detective in New York City history. Uh, he was famous in his lifetime, but he was murdered while on an investigative mission to Sicily in 1909. So he's he's well remembered today. I um I was in Palermo several times. I've been to Palermo several times, and I've been to the exact location in the city of Palermo where mm-hmm. uh, Lieutenant Petrosino was walking out of a meeting right by that park, which is. Uh, it, literally in the heart of, of Palermo. And uh, if you go there today, there's a little plaque that I think it's just a, if I, my recollection is correct, it's just a piece of cement that just says Petrosino on it. Um, tell folks a little bit about how Lieutenant Petrosino was killed. Well, uh, the police department sent him on a not-so-secret mission uh, to Italy to bring back uh, documents that could be used uh, to deport uh, people who entered this country um, with criminal records. So uh, while he while he was there, um, uh, he went you know he went to dinner one night and he was obviously being watched and uh, he was shot uh, from behind and murdered uh, and uh, it sent a shock through New York and and the whole country uh, as well and Italy too because he was well known for his police work even in Italy at the time. And I know he was and and you can tell me whether this still holds true. He was the only NYPD officer to be killed in the line of duty outside of the United States of America. I believe that is still the case, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> tell us a little bit more about your book. So I, I became interested in this, in this subject when I was working on the previous book about the Irish and Italians because I, I wrote about what it was like for the uh, early Italian police officers to make their way through an Irish-dominated department. And so I, I, I wrote a bit about Joseph Petrosino there, but I, I wanted to tell the fuller story. And the full story is that his squad continues uh, for a number of years, on and off, depending on the politics, uh, from uh, up until 1922. And the detectives who succeeded him in, in running that squad were similarly very brave men, um, who became nationally known for their detective work also. And and they, uh, what I found particularly dramatic was that they, they stepped into this, seeing what had happened to Joseph Petrosino, their friend, and, and, and in some case, one case, a mentor, I would say. And so, so I just wanted to tell more of the story because I found it very dramatic. And I also thought it said a lot about issues like immigrants and, and crime and and also kind of told us a lot about being italian in america yeah i mean he is uh he should be more of even an italian american role model uh in lower manhattan so folks know how important this the lieutenant petrosino is in lower manhattan there is a park not far from the courthouse named petrosino square and uh there is there are several uh social clubs uh named after uh lieutenant petrosino um Mr. Moses, you know, you also covered the the federal courts as a journalist. Tell me a little bit about what that experience was, since you know I'm one of those types of people who you'll be covering. Yeah, well, 
I, I covered um, the federal court in Manhattan for, for much of the 80s, uh, first for the Associated Press and later returned for New York Newsday. So I certainly covered um, a lot about organized crime in that in that period. It was a very lively uh, period. Uh, Rudy Giuliani was the U.S. attorney. He was making a lot of big cases. Um, Wall Street, um, celebrities like Beth Meyerson and Leona Helmsley, Melda Marcos. So, so we were a very busy press room in those days. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was it was it was a good so run. Tell us the uh, difference as an author between doing that, covering the federal courts of Manhattan in the '80s, and sitting down and writing a book and doing the investigation on a case like this. You know, the thing I love best as a reporter was to go to the the file room and get a great great thick file that if you pieced it together told the story and and that's kind of what writing the book is you're you're dealing with a big mass of records and trying to reconstruct what happened in the in the past so that that's the thing i like best of course when you're writing a book you you pay more attention to uh you know establishing characters and 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 you know the plot and and whereas news writing is more uh you know, quick and to the point. So it's different, but, you know, one one informs the other. Paul, tell us where uh, where folks can pick up uh, your newest book, The Italian Squad, the true story of the immigrant cops who fought the rise of the mafia. It, it's on all the online vendors. Uh, I know I signed some copies at the Bookmark Shop in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, 3rd Avenue. Um, there you go, right up the block. Uh, it, it, it seems to be so far more likely in the independent bookstores, but I'm hoping that the chain stores, the Barnes & Noble, will come around soon, too. But uh, it's out there, definitely. All right, we're talking to award-winning author Paul Moses. Paul, thank you so much for joining us on the Idola Power Hour on this Friday, and uh, have a great weekend. It's a pleasure, Arthur. You too. All right, folks, one more break. We're going to come back with a couple of special guests, so don't go anywhere. Are you fed up with hair loss or weak, brittle hair? Invite Health would like to introduce you to Hair Enhance HX. This powerful bioactive formula targets the root causes of hair loss, like stress, hormone imbalance, and nutritional deficiencies, packed with clinically studied nutrients shown to increase hair strength and growth. Formulated to target male and female pattern hair loss with amino acids to strengthen hair and promote new hair growth. This comprehensive formula addresses the multiple causes of weak, brittle, and lackluster hair. Take advantage of this limited time offer by one bottle of Hair Enhance HX as suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com and use promo code HAIR. Are you ready to get to the root cause and finally see and feel a difference? Call now, 800-673-2345 for Hair Enhance HX. Folks, have you heard that our morning host Joe Piscopo and Steve Perillo have put together a special intimate trip to Rome and Sicily for our AM970 listeners? Do you want to go? It's simple. Just call 800-431-1515, 1-800-431-1515, and say, I want to go to Apollonia's hometown with Joey P. Please make it happen. How does that sound? You go to Rome for three nights, including a special intimate performance by Joe Piscopo. Then you fly directly to Sicily, visiting Catania, Taromina, 
and Palermo. See medieval towns like Savoca and Forza de Agro in Messina. Why these towns? Because we're going to visit some of the iconic sites from the famous Godfather movie. How cool is that? Can't leave Sicily until you have a wine tasting in the shadow of Mount Etna. You'll do that too. And then on to Palermo for three more nights. Nine nights in all. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. Be a part of this special event. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515. Or go to perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. We're playing this song here, San Berlino. Because today in 88, Michael Jackson gave himself a place in the Guinness Book of World Records for setting a new attendance record when he played the first of seven nights at Wembley Stadium in London. This is from one of those performances. The show oh, and they, well, there's someone here who's very excited about this. I think you can hear that. Uh, he's apparently a big Michael Jackson fan. Now, I'm assuming this is not uh, Carmine's first uh, foray into uh, radio. Is that uh, No, most of his uh, radio recording, though, is uh, unwittingly. I'll whip out my phone while he's saying no repeatedly or crying, and he's it's surreptitiously done. This is the first time he's speaking into an actual microphone, and he seems to think it's a ball, right? Right, but the exclusive of Carmine Morano smacking the microphone for the first time in uh, in his career. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a storied career, but I'm honored to have him on first. He is being held by his mom Rachel and uh, Ariana, whose uh, birthday is November 17th. Rachel, when is Carmine's birthday? November 25th. We always celebrate at Thanksgiving. We always celebrate Thanksgiving. Oh, do we always celebrate Thanksgiving? I mean, all one, all one time all that one it's time. been celebrated has been celebrated. So we're all together, and um, uh, the one in almost three quarter ish kids are going to hang out here. And um, Frank, I want to ask you. You know, I thought I knew a lot until Luca was born seventeen years ago, uh, the day before yesterday. Tell me what fatherhood has been like, and how it's changed you as an individual. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, how how has it changed me as an individual? Well, one is I am uh, I think a bit less selfish now, but on the other hand, I'm also much more forward thinking about things like money. You know, before before Carmine was born, I didn't give a thought about spending frivolously and just kind of figured, all right, I'd always find a way to earn money for paying all these things, these credit card purchases that I'm buying, these lavish dinners, lavish, you know, drinks and things like that. Now I actually make an effort so to it's think. it's been a financial aspect. Uh, th- that's for Rachel, sure. you need to listen to this because I'm going to ask you to verify it. That's yeah. all BS. That's all, okay, that, the exact quote is, that's all BS, uh, well, Frank, you want I, to I, retort? You know, I, I, I'm not going to dispute my wife's characterization of things, but... Uh, okay, so your first answer that it affected you financially has been called to be BS. All right, well, so that, let's I mean... Out another way, maybe fatherhood has changed. I, I, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm home a lot, uh, a lot more consistently on a Friday. I'm doing a lot less day drinking, at least out and about. Now, uh, I, I think would say that. 
that's uh, that I can attest to because yeah. we used to have our Friday morning that's, soirees, that's right. and we that's haven't had right. one in 2023. We haven't had one. That's right. Um, uh, other than that, it's really um, it, it's really a shift in priorities. I know uh, Rachel didn't buy the uh, change in in financial motives, but you know, before before Carmine was born, you think a lot about what what's best for you you know what's best for you professionally what's best for you personally what can you do that's fun and then after you have a child and everybody says this it's not breaking i'm not breaking any new ground here but after you have a child really your whole focus is what's best for them what's changed for you emotionally about being a father what's changed for me emotionally about being a father i don't know i I, um i am um much more careful to uh, tiptoe around Rachel because she's much more likely to explode in anger for at me for something that I had no idea that I even did. But like, uh, like maybe putting a child in a sleep sack and not securing a diaper appropriately so that the child soils the sleep sack as soon as you get to a guest's yeah. house, and therefore the washing machine is now in action. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation in that. In that I'm changing the diaper, right? And then Carmine is flailing wildly while I'm changing the diaper. I know it will. And then he is urinating like crazy all over the place. And because his diaper wasn't hermetically sealed, you know, around his crevices, then I, I, I'm at fault somehow because he wet his sleep sack. Well, I, I, I think it is our role as the diaper so. changers to make sure that it is hermetically right. sealed. Right. Well, he should, he should sit still while I'm trying to put a diaper on. I don't know. Right, Carmine? Carmine, should... Carm- Carmine's running around. He's enjoying the household right now. So, you know, you, you have these crazy hours, but I think actually your hours allow you to spend more time with a awake Carmine than my hours do. I Probably. I think we're together from about one thirty two 2 o'clock uh, until about 5.30, 5, 5.30 exclusively. And, uh, and then Rachel and Carmine and I get to have dinner together you know, just about every night, which is, uh, which is a real treat, which I, I, I really enjoy. See, one of the things he likes about your house is... We don't have any ceiling fans in our house, and you have several. He is obsessed with ceiling fans. He goes all over the place, and he will not rest until they're turned on, as you can see. All right, Rachel, since you're standing right here, you heard what Frank said about fatherhood and changing him. What are your thoughts about how Frank has changed since he's become a father? Wow. Um, he is very attentive to Carmine. Um, so he's he is a very good father. He definitely has. He's climbing a step ladder. So I have to step away. Oh there, oh, there we go. Yes, this is great. See, she's you got the attentive mother as watching her one and three quarter inch. Three, <laughs> uh, is that a good call? Is that Carmine's first call? All right, Carmine has the microphone, and there is a slamming of the microphone. It does look like a ball, though. It actually. does look like a ball. Yeah, it looks. It's a big. It's, it's a. Uh, what do you call this thing? It's to make you not wind A windscreen. Right. Um, well, you know, we're here. My mom is here. Yeah, that's a real treat. I mean, it's a special occasion here at the Idala household to have the Muranos. Now, you are on about three hours of sleep. Uh, three and a half. Yeah, from about six thirty to ten o'clock. Yeah. And Rachel said that that's a typical Friday. Now, how do you deal with adjusting this sleep schedule? You know, Sunday into Monday is is very tough, but um, I, I don't mind getting not a lot of sleep on Friday because then it allows me to go to bed and uh, around the time that Rachel goes to bed on Friday night. Otherwise, if I get a lot of sleep. 
and uh, or I, I sleep until one thirty, and I try to go to bed at ten thirty, eleven. I'm wide awake by two a.m. Because that's your natural. Exactly right. So whatever you you you, you get it where you can. So I'm gonna just take test to one thing I heard you say today on oh, your radio only show. Only no, one. That's pretty. Only, good. Yeah, only one. The um the whole thing about civilians being on the United States Supreme Court. Right. People who have never studied law, lived the law, uh, learned from the law, been wrong so many times in the law. So if you just take the guy who runs the bagel store that we got lunch from today and say, you're going to be on the Supreme Court of the United States of America, I think you would be depriving the citizens of an individual who's had 30 years or 35 years of experience in the law of 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 that brain power and that experience. Well, I would be wrong so many times. I, I would agree with that if the Supreme Court acted like a court, but they don't act like a court. They act like a an ultimate veto council, an ultra an ultimate policy making body. You saw that with the uh, dissent that Katanji Brown Jackson wrote in the affirmative action case, where she's citing a non existent study that says what she says it it what she claims says that doctors who are black are more are more likely to deliver at-risk black babies uh, more than twice the rate at non-black doctors. Now, there's no evidence for that, but she just put it in there, and that's not a legal argument at all. No, well, I, listen, I, nobody so can argue with if, what you just if, said. If we're going to have a, a veto council that acts as a policy body, if that's what we as a public want, then let's get some other smart people on there. Let's that then, that, that I agree, but... Some professors. Okay, but then, but then we're bastardizing what the Supreme Court is right. supposed to be. And what you're not, and what the public focuses on is literally five cases of the 85 that the court decides. The other 80 are these like minutia, administrative law, tax law interpretation that nobody really cares about. And you kind of need to have a legal brain on to dig into those cases. Well, I, you know, I'm going to show some deference to the founders. They didn't specify that you had to be an attorney to be on the Supreme Court. And I think they got a lot right when crafting the Constitution. Well, there you have it, folks. It is a Friday night here on the Author Idola Power Hour. You had the debut of Carmine Murano here on AM radio, live terrestrial radio. It's just wonderful. Uh, we had the breaking news on the homicide. Uh, and we spoke about uh, Lieutenant Joseph Petrosino. I hope you guys have a great, great weekend. I am certainly going to do that with a little uh, absolute, uh, no, a Stoli Elite. We'll be right back. No, we won't be right back. I'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.